0: i and I'm Ty Seifu and we have a date now that I don't think we had last week to talk about January 13th is now the date that everyone thinks we're going to start the NHL season on and it looks like it's it's a uh, as close to any concrete news on when we're starting as we've gotten this entire time so I think there's probably almost a 100% chance that we're going to start on that day uh they're just they haven't made it official yet because they're working out the logistics is the word they used but Jan thirteenth, that's exactly a month from today, a day to look forward to. Those new divisions we were talking about a couple weeks ago, they were saying Canada, East, Central, West. Apparently, those aren't official yet. That, that'll be the idea. There will be a Canadian division. But they're still playing around with the divisions in the US, trying to, I guess, optimize travel probably, or maybe even like... COVID zones has something to do with it because the new report is that Pittsburgh won't be in that central. They will be in the east with Philadelphia, Washington, all those natural rivals, and thereby the Carolina Hurricanes will move from the east into the central division, which has Tampa, Florida, Nashville, and some other teams. Meanwhile, St. Louis is might be moving into the western division, switching places with Minnesota, who would move into the central division. Uh, which would make the Western Division, we were talking before about Colorado, Dallas, and Vegas being a clear tier above everyone else, including the California teams, Arizona, and previously Minnesota. Now I think St. Louis would definitely join that tier and have a clear four who should be the top four in that division, and then a clear bottom four, a clear two tiers there in the Western Division if that were to happen.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and obviously, they, they still haven't finalized it. There's some teams. they They presented one version and then on a governor's call, and that didn't get, that had some, uh, a bunch of, what, backlash, I guess, from the governors, some teams didn't like it, so, uh yeah, it's still very much up in the air, I would not be, like, you know, we might see still some changes from uh, this current format, but, I mean, look, I I think, yeah, first of all, in the West, absolutely, it's like, uh you know, San Jose, those California teams in Arizona, frankly, I mean, do they really have a shot, do they really have a shot at making the playoffs? I think the answer is no, and I don't think it's particularly close. And yeah, we talked about two tiers. It's like it's, the tiers aren't even close. You have a bunch of teams that made the playoffs and potentially even contending for the Cup. You know, like Vegas, Colorado, definite Cup contenders. Dallas was just in the final last year, and St. Louis won it two years ago, and they had a very nice regular season. Uh, and and then you have four scrub teams, right? The three California teams all suck, and Arizona's not going anywhere fast. So, uh, you know... That's, that looks like some competitive imbalance there. Uh, and aside from that, I mean, the the, the Philly-Carolina swap, was it Philly or Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh-Carolina. Uh, no, well, it Pittsburgh. makes sense, frankly. Okay, yeah, because, uh, well, first of all, you know, Carolina, more to the south, so it's closer to Tampa and Florida, and obviously it never really made sense to have one Pennsylvania team in one division and the other in another division. Like, it just it didn't make sense to split, split them apart. So, you know. We put them all with all their rivals. Pittsburgh versus Washington's back on. Uh, And, yeah, I think this is pretty sensible. Apparently the the word is Minnesota could could swap again. Dallas could actually move into the central. Uh, So, you know, they're looking at a few tweaks here. But this seems to be, you know, what they have right now. And, I don't know, it makes sense, I think, just geographically. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking at it. I don't see any major outliers.
0: Yeah, not really. Um, January 13th is a Wednesday. And if I recall correctly, usually in a normal year, the NHL season starts on a Thursday, usually a Thursday near the beginning of October. So I was actually kind of hoping that it would end up starting on the 14th, which is what happens to be my birthday. I thought that'd be pretty cool. The NHL season to start on my birthday. Alas, doesn't look like it's going to happen, but I'm so excited for the schedule to come out in particular is usually that ends up happening like in June of the previous year and the entire schedule for the upcoming regular season comes out when there's other stuff going on. You know, maybe the Stanley Cup finals, maybe, you know, the draft trades, free agency, all that stuff. And now there's nothing. And now we're getting like a month away from the season. We still don't have a schedule. So it's definitely going to be like the big news story. and It'll be like, oh, maybe Montreal will open up. Uh, on Wednesday night against, I don't know, Toronto or Ottawa or Vancouver, who knows? So that's something that I'm looking forward to. I hope, I think, you know what? It would be really cool, I think, if they made an event out of this, kind of like they tried to juice all the, the ratings they could out of the draft lottery by having two separate occasions, to be like, all right, on uh, on December 19th, is uh, schedule announcement night and they have a, a big show on Sportsnet and Gary Bettman goes like, and here's the schedule and, and now the schedule's out. I don't know if that would work or draw many viewers, but it's at least a thought.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're clearly trying to recoup as much money as possible. and But frankly, you bring up that idea and uh, I wouldn't watch it because uh, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> neither, I actually, mean, okay, now that you mention nice, it. It's a nice idea in theory. But you know, if you think about it more than, you know, 15 seconds, you'll realize that, like, what the fuck is the event? Like Gary Bettman standing in front of a screen and then you see a list of, you know, fifty-six games for fifty-six games against teams that you already knew that you were going to play like eight times a year. So uh, you know, do I care if the have play the Leafs either on like like December twenty first or January third? Like, does it make a difference to me? Maybe not. But hey. They're trying to make some money here so uh, and yeah maybe maybe you know what the season it's yeah so the opening uh january thirteenth, is one day off your birthday maybe the halves will start on the 14th maybe maybe we'll get something like that but uh yeah it is exciting though uh maybe not the, the big schedule reveal, but just to have it a month away you know we talked about concrete dates uh when we were talking about the restart for the playoffs it's just nice to see the concrete and you can really start a countdown and pretty fitting it's exactly one month from today when we're recording the podcast so yeah the hype is on looks like uh we're finally because yeah it's really been up in the air it looks like you know all that financial stuff that they were talking about like uh, the nhl wanted some concessions from the players it looks like that that's uh that's gone now it looks like the nhl kind of said okay we'll, we won't push it too hard and we'll move on and find out some logistics because yeah the logistics are still a very big issue one month in, right? So presumably, what we're looking at two weeks out, two weeks we're we're like two weeks out of training camp. If we're to follow this t- timeline, so they need to start figuring some stuff out fast because we don't know what's going on with really anything in terms of you know pro- safety protocols. What's the travel going to be like? Are we looking at a bubble at any point in the season? If it a gets too bad in terms of the COVID cases or like just the playoffs in general, we don't want to risk it, so we're just going to send everybody in the bubble during the playoffs. Uh, we don't know. We don't know, and I don't think the league really knows. It doesn't seem like they've figured it out yet. So, yeah, have to get on uh, their horses.
0: Actually, you talk about concrete dates. One other date I happened to see was that with the season starting January 13th, the plan for training camp is to open on January 3rd. So that's a pretty short training camp, like 9, 10 days. Uh, and the reason I saw this, actually this might provide a nice transition, was because Nick Robertson was left off Team USA, and I saw some misleading headlines like, Nick Robertson doesn't make Team USA. But what happened was it was either him or, I think, the Maple Leafs who said, no, we want him to be at our training camp, which looks like it'll be opening January 3rd. And so if Team USA makes it to the semifinals, which is pretty likely to happen, then Nick Robertson would have to leave to come to our training camp, uh, which he wouldn't do. So basically Nick Robertson is not on Team USA because he's going to be gunning for a Maple Leafs roster spot in training camp. And how this is different from someone like Kirby Doc is that the Blackhawks are totally willing to give Kirby Doc a roster spot uh, even if he shows up late to training camp, which hopefully he does. Hopefully Canada doesn't lose in the quarterfinals. And oh, there's there's also the matter that Nick Robinson would Nick Robertson, sorry, would probably have to quarantine after leaving the the Edmonton bubble before joining the Maple Leafs. I don't know, but anyway, the, the idea is that the Blackhawks would give Kirby Doc a spot without him being there for the entire training camp, and the Maple Leafs wouldn't want to do that with Robertson. And I think there are some, some other similar situations across the teams, but that's the that's the main idea.
1: Oh, it makes sense, right? Uh, you just look at the circumstances between the two teams. Chicago, in the midst of a rebuild, apparently, right? So a uh, young guy like Kirby Doc, blue-chip prospect who looks like, yeah, ready for the NHL. You give him the spot. You give him the playing minutes. You let him develop. And a guy like Nick Robinson on a team like Toronto with a lot of depth, they're trying to win. They're trying to figure out their winning formula. Well, you know, uh, you're not going to hand anyone anything because you're trying to find the best team possible. And so, yeah, training camp, you said, looks like it's starting on the third. At least that's what's being projected right now. Well, do we think that's a very short time, as you mentioned, uh, like 10 days or whatnot. And so like these teams that didn't make the playoffs, didn't make the the expanded playoffs. So I think there were eight teams that were like that. Uh, Seven. They make the play in round. Seven. Well, are they getting any extra time? Do we know? Uh, because then, then, now we're really looking at we're starting in like two and a half weeks in terms of training camp. Because, uh, yeah, these teams have not played since March. That's a 10-month layoff. That is some crazy shit. And, uh, yeah, do any word. Do you, have you seen anything based on uh, uh, whether they will have any extra time? Cause I know that there was some talk about it.
0: I don't know if like if facilities open and then in, in some places, and then they can get there earlier than the official start date. Maybe that's possible. I assume a lot of them have been at least on the ice somewhere around the world, but I don't know. Uh, but I don't think training camp will officially open any sooner for them. And that's what's one thing I'm really interested at about. So that's like the, the California teams, Buffalo, New Jersey, Detroit, and Ottawa. Those were the seven who didn't make the expanded playoffs. Uh, some of those uh, some of those players who were on those teams Joe Thornton comes to mind as one since, you know, he's very old compared to other NHL players, but now he's on the Maple Leafs. So it's going to be interesting to watch like individual players like Joe Thornton who are now on other teams, see how they compare to the rest of the teams and sort of like, is Joe Thornton going to be fresher than he's been in five years after so much time off? Honestly, wouldn't really surprise me that much. Or is he just going to have lost a step after not playing for 10 months and be, you know, remarkably slow?
1: Yeah, I don't, I'm not a hockey player. I want to know, but I, I would imagine, especially for the older players. I mean, that like, like the really older players like Joe Thornton is, I would take all the rest I can, right? Because uh, especially that guy plays with hard miles. Uh, but he's tired after so many years. So I mean, a 10 month break. Well, probably not like, a, he's not probably nice. That one was definitely not sitting on the couch the entire time. But, you know, game takes its toll. So yeah, that's my hypothesis would be that uh, he's, He's chilling, and he's gonna come out fresh. but well, who knows? Maybe he's lost his legs. And uh yeah, I'll be scratched by game two. We'll see. Uh
0: so yeah. yeah I think with yeah, I think with Thornton I would probably agree with you, especially because he's had I think he's had surgery on both knees or something ridiculous like that. He definitely had knee problems, uh dating back for a while now. So I think with Thornton specifically, all that rest uh, must have done him some some good. So I think he's probably going to I think he might surprise people. I think he might surprise people. Maybe he'll even, like, score a goal or two throughout the season. Doesn't usually do that. Uh, usually, you know, maybe he'll, or maybe he'll get to have, like, 70 assists in 56 games or something. We'll see. we'll see. We'll see. So, So the big stuff that I like to talk about, especially this time of year, the World Juniors, usually these final cuts come very close to tournament time, like December. I think, like, Christmas Eve is usually, like, the final date to get these rosters in. Now, today was the deadline, or today is the deadline, I guess, because everyone's moving into the bubble in Edmonton today. So we have full 25-man rosters announced for a a chunk of teams. 25 is more than they usually have. Usually it's 23, but now since it's a bubble, you know, different circumstances, they have two extra players that they can bring. So we can start with Canada, who made their final cuts a couple days ago. One of these cuts that I was a little surprised by, was Seth Jarvis, 13th overall pick of the Carolina Hurricanes. I thought he deserved to make the team, but it's not that surprising since, I mean, we talked about, he is, I can use the term, one-dimensional. He's great than the dimension. He was one of the best offensive players in the draft. But, you know, when you have so many great offensive players on Team Canada, and Jarvis probably would have been playing in a more limited role, you might want more versatile players playing in that limited role. So I'll just I'll list off all the forwards here. Quinton Byfield, no surprise. Dylan Cousins. This is an alphabetical order by last name, by the way. On TSN, Kirby Doc, Dylan Holloway, Peyton Krebs, Connor McMichael, Dawson Mercer, Alex Newhook, Jacob Peltier, Cole Perfetti, Jack Quinn, Ryan Suzuki, Philip Tomasino, and Connor Zeri.
1: Yeah. So you look at all those names. They're all pretty. I mean, I've heard of them all, and because I think they're all of them are first-round picks, right? Yep. So I mean, what more do you need to say? This team's fucking stacked, head to toe. Uh, and when you cut a guy like Jarvis, who has a bunch of skill, uh, especially on the offensive side, well, that just goes to show this team is uh this team is rocking. Definitely, the best part of this team is uh, their forward core. They're just, uh, yeah, you got a bunch of experience, and you got a bunch of really high picks. We're talking about like Win Byfield. We're talking about Kirby Doc and the whole squad. Uh, it's just, yeah, this 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 team looks lethal. Uh, Well, these forwards look absolutely lethal. And frankly, I don't think anybody, uh, any of the other teams compare when you look at these guys.
0: Yeah, the forwards specifically, I think normally in any year Canada's forward group is at least in the conversation for the best forward group here. I don't think it's close here. As you say, all first-round picks, I don't remember that ever happening. I know even a couple years ago uh, in 2018 when they won gold with that Tyler Steenbergen goal, uh i think they actually had very few first rounders on that team i remember there was some sort of funny style, like the first time they had no top 10 picks or something um i don't think it was no first rounders they must have had some first rounders i'm curious i might check that out but anyway they have a bunch of first rounders on this team all the fours are first round picks almost all the defensemen are first round picks bowen byram jamie drysdale thomas harley Braden Schneider, Justin Barron, and Canadians prospect Caden Gooley, all first rounders. And the only skaters on this team who weren't drafted in the first round are Caden Korzak and Jordan Spence, both defensemen, probably the number seven and number eight. Yeah. So,
1: you know, you just, a lot of it, like, especially this year, you look at that draft position of these guys, and that gives you an indication of, you know, just how fucking stacked this team is. Uh, I don't think the defense is as strong. Uh, I look at the names, and I'm like, that looks pretty damn good. I think it's I still think it's better than really any other team. Just solid all around. Obviously we have our uh first round pick for the Habs who not a big fan of, but hey, made the team. And so yeah, looking uh look, the skaters are really the strength of this team and really the only weak spot and it's a pretty glaring weak spot. You have to look at the goaltenders, right?
0: Yep. Uh so Dylan Garand Taylor Gauthier and Devin Levy, who happens to come from the same suburb that I come from, so very glad he made the team. There's probably going to be an article in the suburban pretty soon about him. Uh, I actually think there was a couple of years ago. He's on track to the to the NHL draft,er and he did get drafted very late by the Florida Panthers, which was pretty exciting. Uh, but anyway, I hope one of these goalies steps up and does does well. My money it would be on Dylan Garand, but you know the the possibility is definitely there this year for the forwards, for the defensemen to all pull their weight. But if none of the goalies can really get it together, then none of that will really matter. Like looking through the other teams, uh, Russia, Askarov, obviously, I would love to have a goalie of that caliber as pretty much any other team won this tournament. Even Artur Aktyamov, I, pro- I think would probably be better or inspire more confidence than one of these goalies. Uh, Team Sweden, of course, Alna was great last year. Cali Klang was a third-round pick. Joel Bloomquist on Team Finland. Spencer Knight, of course, hard to go wrong with that if you're the, the United States. So, several other teams uh, beat Canada out pretty handily in the goaltending department. Yeah.
1: But, you know, I think I talked about it last year when we talked about the tournament. Uh, when it comes to, you know, like the knockout stages, single elimination, you just, you, if you, first of all, if your forward core or just your skaters are as good as they are for Team Canada, you just need your goaltending not to be a complete disaster. Right. Because they're just so good. Uh, as long as the skaters are working and your goaltenders, they kind of need to be average. But uh, a lot of this, a lot of these teams, because it's single elimination, uh, we see a lot of like goalies get super hot. And, you know, you can carry one to a gold medal. I think we, we saw last year with Canada, we we had a guy who just, uh, I don't remember who it was in particular, but uh, he had a very nice tournament. And yeah, you look at these names, Joel no Hofer. one obviously stands up. Sorry, Yeah, Joel Hofer. Uh, and no one really stands out, but you never know, right? Maybe you give, uh, because because the preliminaries, and Canada is in such a weak group this year, uh, you can kind of play around, see if anybody's really uh, playing well during the games. And, yeah, I, I mean, I don't think there's, nobody's got their name as the starter written in stone, right? And there's still very mm-hmm. much move room for, move, move for movement. And I, you know, that kind of plays to an advantage too. You know, we're talking about like teams like Russia, like last year, uh, Askarov wasn't particularly great, and I think they did end up moving off of him near the end of the tournament. But yeah, you know, Amir Miftahov you... Right, exactly. But when you when you have a butterfly starter like that, I feel like it gives you less flexibility. I don't know. Maybe that's just a perception thing. Uh, you know, Russia in particular this year because they've got two pretty good goaltenders and like one spectacular one, and their backup's pretty good too. Uh, but you know, when you have three guys, they all seem to be a pretty even footing. Uh, because you know, none of them are particularly great. Uh, it's just like, uh, yeah, you don't really have a problem with seeing one over the other. It's like if if Devin Levi plays a game, you're not like, what the hell is happening to the other two goalies? You just think like, okay, he's getting a shot and, you know, we'll see how he pans out.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, One tweet from Acting the Fulhaman that I saw yesterday says the proudest annual tradition for Team Canada at the World Juniors is having a team of skaters who will one day make up the elite of the NHL and a goalie who will eventually start in the Italian B League which I think has probably possibly never been more true than this season. Of course, anyone could pan out or bust, but I mean, you know, doesn't look like Dylan Garand is exactly a, a shoe-in to be an NHL star. Um, in terms of the lineup, we actually we got a couple of hints from the coach, Andre Tourigny. Um, apparently the, the top line and camp that he really likes is Connor McMichael on left wing, Kirby Dock at center, and Dylan Cousins on the right. Sounds very good to me. And another line that he, probably not the second line, probably the third or maybe fourth line that he said he likes a lot is Dylan Holloway, Alex Newhook, and Jacques Appeltier. So if anyone is maybe playing around with mock lineups, like I love to do so much, uh, maybe you know pencil those in, at least for the start of the tournament, because it seems like that's what the head coach has in mind. So that probably leaves Quinton Byfield as the second line center, maybe playing with uh, Peyton Krebs and Jack Quinn, or maybe you want to put Cole Perfetti up there. You can play around a bit.
1: Yeah, and really, as long as you get the chemistry working, the talent's there, right? It is absolutely there. So really, it's the job of the coach at this point to, yeah, figure out some lines that you like, figure out some lines that work. And I think really the round robin, you know, maybe we are, maybe I'm taking it too lightly here, but I feel like it's really just the time to tinker, you know, experiment some shit. And yes. yeah, right. And it's just like, uh, try to find, really try to prepare yourself for the knockout stages. Because, first of all, you know, you're fucking making the knockouts no matter what, just based on the for- format of this tournament, right? Uh, like, no way can finished finishing last or anything like that. Uh, so, yeah, figure out your chemistry, man. You know, tinker around in games. And because, yeah, it's really the coach's job. The main job here is to get the most out of your players, mainly, by putting them in combinations where they work
0: well together. And uh, the round-robin isn't the only time to tinker because every team has a couple pre-tournament games. Uh, Canada's actually are against a pretty stiff opponent, which I don't think has been the case uh, every year. They play Sweden 6 p.m. on the 21st and then Russia 6 p.m. on the 23rd. So I think overall those, those pre-tournament games start on the 20th. Every team gets two. So that's a, another date. That's a week from today. I'm very much looking forward to those pre-tournament games uh, to, to to get going. Um, Team USA, another one people are probably interested in, including me, they've got their full team announced. Uh, I was surprised by, uh, one goaltending decision they made because I thought I saw their training camp. They only invited three goalies, Spencer Knight, Dustin Wolf, and Drew Camesso. So I was like, all right, I guess those are the three goalies, but now in the final roster, Drew Camesso not there. and They have Logan Stein, who I'd never heard of before instead. So I don't know if Camesso... Uh, I don't know if he got sick. I don't think so. Maybe he just got injured, you know, as sometimes players still do playing hockey and they had to bring Logan Stein in. I don't know, but there are a couple players on team USA who did, who were cut because of COVID John Beecher, who would have been a returning player from last year, tested positive. And so he can't be on the team as well as his roommate, Thomas Bordalo, who probably would have made the team as well. I don't know if Bordalo also tested positive but I don't think they even waited around. They said, yeah, you were you were close to each other for several days. I don't know why they even had roommates here or why they were rooming together, but neither one of them are on the team. Uh, those probably would have been two important players for Team USA. They're gone. And now uh, because of that, or that probably at least played a role, um, now instead of having 14 forwards and eight defensemen like Canada, they have 13 forwards and nine defensemen.
1: That's an interesting uh, way to go. And yeah, it's just like this COVID thing. Right. First of all, yeah. What the hell are they doing? Uh, roommates? Like, come on. You couldn't. It's like we're talking about the U.S. national team. You know, you couldn't afford like one room per person in this exceptional circumstance. So, and yeah, looks like they're paying the price because uh, you can't. You obviously can't keep the roommate of someone who had COVID. Uh, you can't keep them around in the bubble. That's obviously a pretty big risk. So yeah, that's uh, Beecher and Bordalo. I think we actually did por- profile Bordalo, right? Did we? Uh, yeah, we and, did. Yeah. Pretty, I would say, pretty significant losses, you know, uh, because they would have made the team over guys like uh, Landon Slaggart. excellent name. Uh, but yeah, with yeah. the goaltending, uh, Logan Stein, I mean, like he's not going to play though,
0: right? So it's like no, Knight will play yeah. every game probably. They yeah, might give exactly Dustin Wolf one game in the round robin, but Spencer Knight is the guy.
1: Yeah, you give you give. Uh, yeah, you, you throw a game maybe even to You give one of the the preliminaries or what is it pre tournament games, uh, yeah. and you give Wolf one of the the actual uh, prelim games, and then you play Nike the rest of the way, right? Barring any injury or, you know, he loses it. Uh, it's just, yeah. I, I don't think the goaltending is a huge thing, but uh, yeah, wonder what's going on with Camessa there. Uh, but aside from that, you know, I look at the names, they've got a solid bunch. Uh, Caulfield, obviously there. And yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a solid bunch. I'm looking at the names. It's n- not nearly as good as uh, Team Canada, I don't think. But yeah, that's the thing with, they've got the, the, they've got the stud goalie, right? And Mm -hmm. the stud goalie has probably the biggest chance of, you know, getting super hot, playing out of his mind and stealing you some, uh, knockout games. So yeah, always, always a team to watch out for. And you know, if they do play Canada at one point and they do win, always a heartbreaker.
0: Um, one thing, usually Canada, if they lose, or not as much in recent years, but at least a while back. If they lose, they don't win gold. They'll always be the the excuse, right? The, the excuse that they have uh, some great young players who are, who are too good for the tournament because they're in the NHL. Now, obviously, I mean, Canada, they could still say that about Lafreniere, uh, who the Rangers didn't let come. Uh, the USA, though, they can say that about Jack Hughes. They can say that about Nick Robertson as well. And they can also say Beecher and Bordalo would have been here if they hadn't tested positive. So now they've, they've got a bunch of excuses. Uh, and I was expecting, you know, kind of like a looking at Team USA's forward group last year, like so many of the best players, like, you know, Turcotte, Zegris, Caulfield, they'll be back next year, they'll be even better, and Nick Robertson will still be here. And I thought this was going to be like the big year for Team USA with like this lethal forward group, right? Not quite as lethal as I would have expected. Still great. Still probably second best to Canada, I think. And in, term, li- in terms of lineup here, uh, one line that I saw leak was Cole Caulfield on the right wing, Matthew Boldy on the left wing, and at center, the draft eligible Matthew Beneers, who uh, will probably be, he's already been boosting his stock a little bit this season, probably going to be a top 10 pick. This might have uh, boosted even more if he could really, you know, connect with these two elite prospects, Boldy and Caulfield. And that, by my estimations, that probably leaves over like a top line of Zgris, turcott and Kaliev or something like that.
1: Yeah, so that's uh, Matthew Beniers, another name to look at. I don't think Canada has any, any draft-eligible players. Right? I think one, maybe one of their goalies nope. is draft-eligible. Oh, well, because he went undrafted twice. That's that's why he's oh, still draft-eligible. Okay. Well, there you go. So, uh, you know, nobody on Canada in terms of the upcoming draft. But yeah, you got some uh, high-profile dudes. Matthew Beniers, Beniers, I guess. So uh, yeah. watch out. Play with Caulfield. Looks like that's... Uh, Pretty spicy line to watch, to, to watch if you're watching the American Games.
0: Yeah, and uh, in terms of Team USA, one of my favorite things about this team is that if they want to, they could put together a line of three players whose initials are all BB: Brett Murad, <laughs> Brendan Brisson, and Bobby Brink. The line. Oh boy. Yeah, they got some. They got some funky names on this
1: team. Bobby Brink. That is. That's a pretty spectacular name, Brett Murad. Oh wait,
0: you don't really any of these literary names are pretty good, yeah. You know, Bobby Brink's real name is is Bobby Orr Brink. His middle name is Orr. The name is after what? Bobby Orr. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. That so was he's, like, he's
1: been destined for the tournament. He's been destined uh, to be a hockey guy. Eh? I guess I guess course. it's part of the family. Uh, I wonder who his dad is. I wonder if he's one of the two hundred hockey men. But uh, yeah, that's some nice names. Let's see, Hunter Skinner, fucking excellent. Yeah, it's a um, funny one too. And the deep. End. It's yeah. funny because you know and. and-
0: you would hunt an animal, and then you would skin them, right? So, Hunter and Skinner. Just
1: Excellent. Uh, I wonder if the parents thought of that when they were naming I said Len Slager earlier. Just, uh, yeah. Well, maybe not number one in skill. I'd give them the number one in terms of best names. Uh, All right. So, but well, yeah, wait until we get Americans... to Team
0: Slovakia, where we have, uh, what was the guy's name? Roman Faith.
1: Roman Faith. I'm looking right now at the list, and, and Czech Republic is peeking out. There's a guy named... Michelle Gut. Goot. Yeah, yeah. Michael uh, Goot, yeah. Michael goot.
0: Excellent name as well. Alright. Uh anything else you want to add about the American team? Uh, or, uh well interesting, as always. Uh Jake Sanderson and Cam York are obviously the big guns on Team USA, and they're gonna have to have one of those other or maybe a couple of those other seven guys really step up if I think they want to have a deeper defense because There are probably no no really sure things here. Brock Faber, maybe uh, people say he's a great skater. Tyler Cleveland made the team. We kind of made fun of the sense for trading up for him, the big, you know, big hits defenseman. I kind of have a feeling that they're going to play him way too much. Don't you?
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think everybody, yeah, he's just uh, just a big guy, right? And so, I mean, really. Strong man. Yeah, big, tall, strong man. Should he even be on the team when you're looking at the other skill? He's I mean, probably not. I mean compare him to Bordolo, not even close, even though they don't play the same position. But uh, you know. It's uh yeah, big strong, tall guy. Not very agile, I'm guessing, so just fucking if you're Canada, you're running at that guy for sixty minutes if you see him in
0: the knockout stage. Are you kidding me? Uh yeah. Uh so we can go quickly through a couple of the other big European teams. Uh Russia, I think, has one of the strongest teams they've had in a while. Askarov uh, is a big reason why. I think he's going to be much better than he was last year. At that age, especially for goal- for a goalie. Mm-hmm. One year makes a, a really big difference. Um, they have Muhammadulin on defense. Very excited to watch oh, him yeah. in action.
1: Uh, but dope. to be
0: totally honest, from from what I've kind of gathered, in my own personal opinion, I think he's probably maybe like the third best defenseman on this team. Because I think Artemi Knyazev, who is a second rounder of the, the Sharks, I know a lot of uh, scout or or like Twitter scouts, I guess, who I actually kind of trust, who are big fans of him. Jan Kuznetsov as well, who is a second rounder of Calgary, but specifically forwards, uh, they're deeper, I think, than they have been in a while. Uh, they have they. It looks like they plan on having all their best forwards on the top line. Quite a bold strategy. So that would be Vasily Podkolzin, Murat Kuznodinov and Rodion Amirov as the top line and that definitely sounds like a combination that could tear any team apart if they got hot if they get hot uh be very lethal and of course you know other high picks uh Igor Chinikov first rounder of the Blue Jackets he'll be there on this team uh Afanasia was a Nashville second rounder uh lots of high picks and promising players uh, also like a Leafs draft Mikhail Abramov who's really taken steps forward this year I think he's like well over a point a game in the QMJHL so far this year so I know uh overall when i look at a team like russia every year my first impression is how many of these players have i heard of and if i've heard of uh a lot of them i tend to think oh this team is is pretty good uh because oftentimes on team russia there are a lot of players i haven't heard of and my first reaction is oh well well if they weren't even good enough for me to hear about them how good could they possibly be but like at least nine or ten or maybe even eleven forwards names i recognized here uh specifically you know that top line that i think is uh uh, honestly might be able to come pretty close to that Canadian top line. Yeah. And yeah, you said
1: it. If they do come, they get, do, they do get hot. They really get clicking while well, you're talking about uh, a game wrecking line there. And when you have a goalie, like a scare of, yeah, it's like, it's a combo there that could absolutely shred some teams. Like, you know, like deep, like, like the top end teams in the knockout stages, like their defense is nice. It's not great but if you got fucking a in the back stopping everything which he very might well do uh then it doesn't really matter does it and you you have you know you put those three on uh you know the the, the big line and they score a bunch of goals you really lean hard on a and that that could very well be a winning formula deep into the tournament right and so yeah. yeah you got a bunch of guys who yeah i have the same experience i look at the russian team most years i'm like who the fuck are these people? I've never heard of them, and you know that's still the case for half the team, but that's less than it usually is. So you know, got some real NHL drafted talent, and and we got we got the we got the Cheetah Kovac Medulin combo on this team. So really, what could go wrong is my question.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, Team Sweden. Uh, obviously, they've had some COVID troubles, probably most out of any team. Specifically for their coaching staff, they've had to replace almost everyone I think uh William Wallander had COVID Alvin Gruva had COVID two Red Wings prospects who will now not be on the team people are saying oh is this the year is this the year Sweden's round robin winning streak comes to an end I think it's at like 12 years now 48 games or something uh I'm gonna spoil it for you no it's not it never comes to an end uh even when we think it will it doesn't uh and you know I'm not even just saying that because Sweden still has a, a, a pretty good team and they're in that group with, with Russia and USA, so it's going to be tough. But they've been in tough groups before uh, in the, over the past little while. And they haven't lost, so I don't think they will. And that defense is great, just like it has been for a while now, even without Wallander. Soderstrom, Broberg, Bjornfoot, all first-rounders. Helga Grands and Emil Andre could have been first-rounders. And then Albert Johansson, too, I think is pretty good. Hugo Alnefelt as the goalie, coming back from last year where he was quite good. And of course, you know they've still got some firepower. Specifically, Lucas Raymond and Alexander Holtz are going to be on that top line. So, uh, so yes, yeah, definitely Sweden is, is still a contender, just like every single year.
1: You know what? I'm gonna I have my hot take of the day. I think the streak is over. I think the streak is ending. I think the streak ends against the United States in overtime. So uh, I'm calling it right now. Three two. It's gonna be three two. And yeah, aside from that, this team, like yeah, that defense. Right. The Swedes are always known for their fucking ridiculous defense. Uh, imagine what imagine what they would have if they had like fucking William Wallander, uh, you know, noted fusion podcast sweetheart uh, on the team as well. This team would be really freaking rocking. Uh, and I mean, Jesus Christ, like that, that coaching staff, the entire coaching staff gone. We to replace everybody. So, yeah, the word is they're going to be, you know, helping from helping remotely. Right. I guess on Zoom and stuff. But, I mean, got to wonder what the loss is there. Maybe it's nothing. You know, maybe the, the new coaching staff picks up right where they left off. But, yeah, they just had their camp with one coach. Camp's over. And now a whole new to- new coach is coming in. So I wonder how much, uh, how much input the old coach is going to have because, really, he's the one who, I guess, you know, I'm sure he helped a lot in terms of making the evaluations for who actually made the team in the first place and, you know, what combos work and whatnot. So, definitely something to look out there. Uh, because, you know, these are all very young players. So, I think the coaching has a pretty big impact in particular during this tournament. So, yeah. I, I think that's underrated news. Fucking the whole coaching staff got COVID. Well, maybe not the whole coaching staff, but somebody on the coaching staff got COVID. And the rest of them were at least deemed co- close contacts. So, yeah. Pretty pretty crazy shit. Like their entire coaching staff is gone.
0: Yeah. Uh pretty weird. Very weird actually. Um there's one more team on a get to Team Finland. Before that though, shout out Jan Mischak on Team Czech Republic. That's Montreal's second rounder or one of their second rounders from this year. Montreal has three prospects at this tournament. Cole Caulfield on Team USA, Caden in Canada, and Yan Mishak on the Czech Republic. That's definitely a player we'll be watching, and he's probably gonna get a very prominent role on that team. Might be the best forward there, uh, for, for the Czech Republic. Uh and with Team Finland, I look at this team. I go, yeah, it seems like a pretty pretty standard Finnish team. You know, Anton Lundell is probably going to be a, a key player for them. Billy Hainel as well. Uh, but, you know, I look at their forwards. I'm like, it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. You sure you don't want Patrick Puyshola, though? You sure, really? You sure you don't want Atu Ratty? Uh, whatever. Anyway, uh, the player I'm most excited to watch here is Brad Lambert. Uh, I think that's a 2004 birthday, 16 years old. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him get a, a pretty key role on this team, considering all his offensive upside. Yeah.
1: Brad Lambert, not a very uh finished name, eh? That's pretty Yeah. But hey, yeah, he's a dual citizen, uh, I think. Oh, okay. All right. So that's fun. Uh and yeah, you said it looks like a pretty looks like a pretty finished team. I yeah. mean, you know you have a few you have a few guys who were drafted, right? And you know, you're talking about Ronnie Irvin, shout out. But uh yeah, just a bunch of guys who from what I can see basically all come from the Finnish league, right? And so our exposure to them in the North American market, very limited. But they always come out to play. They always come out to play and, you know, so yeah, we just get the, you know, a bunch of dudes who I've never heard of, but every year they seem to figure it out to some extent. And yeah, I expect the same this year. Got a nice goaltender in Joel Blomqvist.
0: Well, uh, they don't figure it out every year. I think they're actually like in the relegation round a couple years ago. It seems like, honestly... Yeah, remember, yeah, and I think that was 20 I think that was 2015. Uh that was yeah, it was right between they won gold in 2014, then they finished ninth, and then they won gold again the next year. So this tournament it seems uh pretty boomer bust with fin- with Finland at least for uh that time being. They've won gold like uh three times in recent memory, I think three of the last 7 years or something. Uh mm-hmm. including 2019 when Kapo Kakko scored that winning goal. So they're always a tough out at least. Uh, except for when they're not, and they finish in ninth place. Then in those years, they are not a tough out, but, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I think this is a, I think as always, like pretty much those top five are, those are the five gold contenders and the bottom five, Czech Republic, Switzerland, Slovakia, uh, and who, whatever other two teams happen to happen to be in there, which this year is Germany and Austria. Those are more planned for like, Oh, let's see if we can, for someone like Germany or Austria, it's like, if we can make it to the knockout rounds, that's probably a win for them. And for the other ones, like, you know, maybe Czech Republic or Switzerland, who made it to the semifinals a couple years ago. That's what the, those countries are looking for as like a, a really big uh, victory for them. And even Slovakia won a bronze medal, I think, like five years ago. Uh, so uh, so yeah, that's the kind of thing. It's very fun. Very fun in these tournaments. All the so much going on in such a short about, short amount of time. So uh, I think we can leave the World Juniors there on the roster news. Um, and now move on to a little bit of NHL news concerning former Montreal Canadian Max Pacioretty, who apparently the Vegas Golden Knights are looking to trade or at least considering trading after two years there, uh, which seems totally ridiculous. Uh, but on the other hand, you know, you look at their cap friendly, um, they're still over the, the cap, I'm pretty sure. I mean, half the league is over the cap. They're not exactly alone in that in that group, but they're going to have to do something to get under the cap. Although. Uh I think they're yeah they're not that far over the cap they're like less than a million under so this could be solved by trading someone like I don't know William Carrier or Nick Holden and you might have to go trade Max Pacioretty I think that'd be a pretty stupid idea cuz Max Pacioretty I still think is an elite goal scorer one of the best in the NHL probably at least top 10 for sure maybe even top 5 goal scorer and he just had he's coming off a great season I think his trade value is similar to what it was when Montreal traded him to Vegas. I think he deserves uh, a similar package, or maybe, maybe not quite uh, a Suzuki Tatar, but something in that something in that universe. And what people are saying is like they might even have to throw in a sweetener. That would be absolutely ridiculous to throw in a sweetener to get rid of Max ready. So I don't think it's going to happen because I think there aren't enough teams with the cap room to take him on that are also willing to give what he's actually worth. So I think he's going to stick around in Vegas. But it's definitely interesting to see a name like that being thrown around at this time.
1: Yeah, you really wonder what's going on with the Vegas management. Uh, They even have the name kind of leak out. Because, right, he was their leading scorer last year. I believe he hit 30 goals in the shortened season. So, I mean, dude sounds pretty integral to the team. Uh, Definitely hasn't fallen off or anything. He's 32, but... I mean, I'd love a 32-year-old Max Pacioretty on the team. And if you do trade him now, there is no way in hell you're getting anything near what the Habs got for him. So in that sense, you know, pretty sure move there from Bergeron, moving off of him and then getting all those pieces. Uh, Just just wonderful. Obviously, Nick Suzuki, center of the future and all that. Uh, So, but yeah, I, I don't think it's happening either because you said it. There's really no teams that can take on that kind of cap who will give anything resembling fair value for Max Pacioretty because he's still very much a stud uh, scoring like 70 points in a 60 or 60 66 points now that I've looked it up in a 71 game season and yeah he he hit 32 goals leading scorer on the team nobody had the Mark Stone was second in goals at 21 so really would be a huge loss if they traded him especially if they got nothing much back so yeah, I don't think it's happening. I think, yeah, absolutely, there are easier ways to get under the cap for Vegas, and yeah, trading Max Pacioretty just is not it. And I think actually, I think those rumors have been denied actually that they're looking to trade him. But you know, it, even if just the fact that they were even uttered, it's, frankly, I feel it's a bit ridiculous.
0: Yeah. So uh, if we want to move on quickly from that, kind of put that to rest. Uh you wanted to talk a bit about how uh now they are talking about putting ads on helmets, which would not be a surprise in my opinion. I mean they've had you know ads on the ice, ads on the boards forever and ever. And if they wanna you know make some more money, they're gonna put ads on helmets. I've gotta to be totally honest with you, I hate looking at ads, I hate looking at logos. Uh I every time I'm watching YouTube and ads come on which is very often I try my best to uh mute the speakers and look away because I just I just don't like commercials. I don't like ads. I don't want them. I hate them. But uh but alas it's the world we live in at this point. Hopefully it'll change at some point in the future. Uh but but yeah. So not a fan of seeing ads on helmets but I I'm, I'm definitely bracing myself for it. I've actually been expecting it to happen for a while. Kind of surprised it's taken this long.
1: Yeah. As we said before NHL is looking for some money. We'll look for it anywhere, and looks like uh, yeah, they've made their way to the players. And I share the same view. Ads are pretty shitty. They're uh, you know, questionable product of capitalism. But uh, and all that. Well, yeah, I think it was inevitable. Here's a question for you: Do you prefer the ads on the helmet or on the jersey first? What do you think?
0: Uh, well, I think the helmets would definitely be uh better for the viewer, less invasive because I, you don't spend much time staring at the helmet. Uh, whereas, you know, you see, you look at the player, you look at their jersey, their player, their number, to see who they are, right? So if you have an ad right below that or right above that, that it gets in a way, whereas with the helmet, I mean, you kind of see it, but it's not like you're looking right at it.
1: Okay, I actually share the different opinion. Uh, I think the helmet, because it's so small, right? Uh, any sort of ad, I feel like it sticks out even more. Uh, I don't know how small they're making it, but right. You typically have the team logo on there. And if you have a different logo on there, I feel like, you know, it's just, it feels like it's a bit crowded, especially if you're stuffing an ad in there. Uh, We're talking about a Jersey. I think there's much more space. Uh, You look at the NBA, they added ads to their their Jersey. I believe last year, a couple seasons ago, I thought they did it as best they could in terms of making it subtle. And you can't really notice it when you're, when you're like, unless you're actually paying attention. So, you know what? I think I prefer it on the jersey. You make it small, you stick it somewhere, I don't know, in like near the shoulder, the shoulder. or some shit like that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I think it worked. Obviously, you don't want to end up like those European leagues where like the only thing that's, you know, the only identifying thing for the team is just like basically the jer- jersey color and the rest of it is the giant ad. Uh, you don't want anything like that. Uh, but, you know, I think, I think it works. Uh, I think it works better than the helmets, is what I'm saying. Uh, because I just feel like you can kind of drown it out easier. You know? You have it on the helmet. You look Anytime you look at the helmet, odds are you can see the ad. Look at the jersey. Well, maybe you don't see it. Maybe you can live in that blissful ignorance.
0: Yeah. On the other hand, I feel like you're definitely going to get, you know, if you mark up the helmet, there won't be that much outrage. If you start putting ads on NHL jerseys, uh, you are going to have lots of purists of or jersey fanatics who are talking about like go oh, you, you can't mark up the jersey. It's sacred. It's sacred. You can't you can't mark up the jersey. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, I kind of I disagree with them about some points, but in terms of like don't put ads on jerseys, like I'll, I'll team up with them for that one. Alright, I'll I'll make some natural allies with that. So I don't think they're gonna be putting ads on, on jerseys because I think there would be some backlash because of that. And not just because we hate oh, ads, yeah. but because we love jerseys. Uh so I think oh, they're, they're gonna stick with helmets, yeah
1: yeah 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 I, I'm just saying my personal preference is that they put them on jerseys but yeah I think Batman at one point said like oh the jerseys are sacred we're not gonna put the ads on the jerseys uh so you know I don't think it's happening and I think absolutely much more backlash if you stick it on the jersey compared to the helmet but anyways I was just giving my personal opinion but wow personal opinion that's a, that's 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 redundant I was just giving my opinion and Your perspective my perspective exactly and yeah but do I think they're ever gonna put it on the jersey No, I think they're going to crowd up the helmet first before anything. But, yeah, now y'all know my personal opinion.
0: Yeah, all right. Um, So, uh, Wayne Gretzky, I don't think he's done much this week, but someone sold a Wayne Gretzky rookie card for $1.29 million. Uh, That's ridiculous. We've laughed before about how some people... Are totally they're just willing to buy a a photograph of a player an old picture of a great hockey player and they're willing to give away like a a, a, so much money you could buy so much with that money that actually matters you could buy food for a very long time for a a, a poor family you could contribute a lot to solving the Flint water crisis with that amount of money how much would it what are the stats on that how much does it cost to solve the Flint water crisis yet no rich person wants to do anything about it. I don't know. Anyway, that's how much this, this hockey card, this photograph with some stats on it is worth this Wayne Gretzky rookie card. It made the news. And, uh, one reason I wanted to bring it up is that my dad actually also has a Wayne Gretzky rookie card. It's not worth that much because the one that was sold as as you know, in, in tip top condition, never been touched. This one has been touched many times, I assume. Uh, but he did send a picture of it to the auction house, Uh, to get an estimate on how much it's worth because, you know, just because this other one was sold for 1.29 million, that might've boosted the value of this one because it's like, oh, look, it's another version of it. So I think he's still waiting back for a response, but you know, there's a, there's a chance he might score a couple thousand from it.
1: Okay. That's pretty sweet. Uh, but absolutely. This is the dumbest fucking shit to spend your money on. Uh, 1.2 million dollars. Frankly. Yeah. It's just a fucking picture and some stats. And not only that, I just Googled Wayne Gretzky card. I pulled up the news article about it, and I have a fucking huge picture of the exact same card. So it's like, <laughs> what the fuck are you to do? <laughs> I've seen exactly what you've seen, mister, in terms of uh, Wayne Gretzky rookie cards. So, uh, you know, like fucking, it's a piece of cardboard that happens to be in a nice condition. Uh, you leave it out in the rain, and that's like $1.2 million and down the drain. Uh, that's wow. a solid rhyme for you. But, uh yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we have laughed at it. I think last time was was a Connor McDavid card that sold for a bunch, and uh, yeah, this one's this one sold sold for even more. It makes no sense. It makes no sense because absolutely. Uh, first of all, I'm looking at the card. This doesn't feel like a 1.2 million dollar experience. I can't imagine holding <laughs> it is either. So, truly, I feel like there are better ways to spend the money. You mentioned a few. Uh,
0: because uh, this just feels dumb, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does. Uh, one funny thing, though, I find is we're talking like, oh, like, well, why is this worth so much? Because it's really it's really just worth so much because someone decided it was, because people we all decided, or not us, but a bunch of people decided, you know what? We all really want this, so now it's worth a lot, uh, which is kind of the exact same thing as money. Like, you know, imagine you take a $100 bill, say, well, who's on the $100? It's like Benjamin Franklin in the US, right? So we're talking like oh just a picture of Wayne Gretzky with some stats on it why is it worth so much? Well, this is just a picture of Benjamin Franklin with some numbers on it. So why is this worth $100? And it's all just made up. Everything it's it's just made up. So uh most. So put, that's put a mo-
1: some respect. That's respect on Robert Borden's name here. We live in Canada.
0: Uh Sorry, sorry. I don't care who I don't America, know who's on Monday. Robert Borden. Okay, I've never heard of that person in my life. And I don't I don't think you know I, I haven't. Have you? I have,
1: because I have to know that he's on the $100 bill. That's all I know about him. But hey, he's on there.
0: Oh, he's, all right, he's, I'm looking at uh, I guess so. He was the eighth prime minister of Canada office from 1911 to 1920 and is best known for his leadership of Canada during World War I. All right. Well, I'm not going to read into his, his policies or anything right now. Don't want to have a history lesson at the moment. But overall, as long as we have money in our society, I'm opposed to having pictures of anyone on it. I think it would be much nicer to have, you know, uh, scenery of the natural beauty or something like that, or or uh, a duck or like, like the loon, like that's on the loony. The, the, uh, what is, is it a loon? Is that the name of the bird? I think we should have animals on our money. All right. I
1: was, yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, frankly, who cares about Robert Borden or any of the no other people on the money? Exactly. Uh. So... Okay. Yeah. I don't know how we got here from Wayne Gretzky rookie card, but sure. Put the animals on the money. Uh, That's, 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 that's our personal opinion here on this podcast.
0: Personal perspective, opinion of, of ourselves. Hell yeah. Anything anything else you want to add about Wayne Gretzky? Uh, No, I just hope whoever bought it, I have no idea. I don't even know the person's name. I hope that it, they accidentally destroy it. They put it in their food processor or something, or the, or, or it gets lost in the rain, or, or they lose it, and their dog eats it. So I hope something bad happens to it, and all their value is lost from their stupid decision. Anyway. Um, Absolutely. Before we get to the quiz, Excellent. I want to shout right. out Sarah Fuller, who is the first woman to score in, well, to play in, and score in a, was it a Big Ten football game? Is that it?
1: Number five.
0: Power five. All right. Sorry. I'm not up to my my college sports. Uh, So that was super cool. Uh, And, you know, one thing that bugs me a little bit, though, besides obviously these idiots who are like, oh, someone should try to knock her down as if she isn't clearly strong enough to play in this league uh, is the actual league itself. I think a couple weeks ago when it was like, oh, this uh, Sarah Fuller uh, might be the first woman to play in the power five. And this league was doing all these things like, oh, yeah, breaking down barriers and stuff as if they're not the ones as if, you know, toxic masculinity in sports isn't the barrier that's allowing that's that's stopping women from coming in. And it's like, congratulations on on, on defeating our barrier. That's making it much harder than necessary for you to to play our sport. So I don't know. Bugs me a little bit, but it's super cool that Zara Fuller was able to be the first and do that and make the rounds and and i saw you know she she kicked up should she kick an extra point or kick a field goal i don't remember but then all her teammates you know congratulating her awesome
1: yeah very cool uh first of all fuck the ncaa for for a number of reasons uh just an all-around dog shit organization but uh yeah but very cool and you mentioned all those people who like trash her online and it's like i I'm still completely blown away by the fucking sheer number and how loud they are Inter- like why do you give such a shit uh, i I will honestly never understand that like are you like do they really feel that threatened um you know it's just like I, I see those things I see it in the comments and everywhere and it's just it, it's kind of puzzling too you know like how'd you get that stupid but anyways, aside from that yeah very cool very fucking cool uh let's just kick an extra point. And her team was happy for her. Coaches were happy for her. So, yeah, very nice moment. Obviously, you'd love to see more representation uh, of both women, people of color, uh, in sports in general. But you know, we'll take uh, we'll take the dubs. And
0: this is a pretty good one. Big dub for uh, for the sports world. So uh, quiz time. As I said last week, I would be giving you an edition of right but not right because uh, you've given me a couple now. And I said, I like this game. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do one unto you. So you know exactly how the game works. I have 10 groups of five players. All of them are groups of five. I think you had a group of four last week. And uh, so i tell you the five players, and then you have a minute to figure out what is the thing that connects them all, strings them, what category are they all in? For example, I would say something like Brendan Gallagher, Thomas Tatar, Philip Dano, Nick Suzuki, and Jesperi Kotkaniemi, and you would say Montreal Canadiens, and I'd say correct, and then you would get the point. So, uh, are you thinking maybe seven on ten? I think that's what I did last week. Sure, let's do it. All right, let's get right into it. So, after I say the last name, then your minute will start. So, here we go. First group: Alexi Lafreniere, Thomas Chabot, Philip Forsberg, Ryan Paling, and John Gibson. Pfft. Hold up. Okay, can I get those names again? What's Alexi Lafreniere, name? Thomas Shabbat, hmm? Philip Forsberg, Ryan Paling, and John Gibson.
1: What? Uh okay. So what the hell is Alexi Lafreniere even done? What does he have in common with John Gibson? Uh let's see. I mean, first overall pick. Are they, is it just Wait. are they just first round picks?
0: Uh no, actually uh Gibson's not a first rounder, so no.
1: Yeah. Um, Uh I don't think it's their junior team. I don't think Gibson played in the Junior. What the hell is it? Uh, 15 seconds. World junior champions?
0: No, not quite. A little more specific. Uh captains of world junior champions? No. Oh, your time's up, but you're getting so close, but I can't give it to you because we passed a minute now. World Junior MVPs. Oh, ouch. Okay. All right. Yeah. I should have uh, uh, gone
1: onto the World Junior track much faster than I did.
0: I think I got yeah, stuck up should've. on the draft. All right. Uh, okay. Yeah, they're, they're all MVPs at their respective tournaments. Uh, and oh. I'm pretty sure, actually, no, they didn't all win that year. They were MVPs, so you weren't actually that close with uh, with champion. But you were getting there. You were getting there. But sorry, all oh, for one okay. so far. Oh. Okay. Next. Next. All right, let's, let's get on track here. Thomas there Tatar. All right, Thomas Tatar, Alexi Yemelin, Mark Mathot, Paul Stasny, and Cody Egan.
1: Oh, my goodness. What the hell? Uh, Oh, They wait, can you say them again?
0: Thomas Tatar, Thomas Tatar Alexi Yemelin. Mark Mathot, oh, okay. Paul Stasny, Cody Eakin.
1: Vegas Vegas expansion picks. Incorrect. What? Oh,
0: no. Remember, remember Tatar right. was traded by Detroit to Vegas at the trade deadline. Okay.
1: Players traded by
0: Vegas? Correct. Players traded by okay. Vegas. You All got right. it.
1: Okay.
0: All right. Next one. Taylor Hall, Cody Eakin, Matt Irwin, Tobias Reeder, and Eric Stahl. Oh
1: my goodness. Okay. Can I get those names again?
0: Taylor Hall, Cody Eakin, Matt Irwin, Tobias Reeder, and Eric Stahl.
1: What does Matt Irwin have to do with anything? (laughs) Uh, Eric Stahl, uh, Tobias Reeder. These are all players that have can, you, can I get the top of the list again?
0: Taylor Hall, Cody Eakin, Matt Irwin, Tobias Reader, Eric Stoll. Huh. Uh, 20 seconds. Buffalo Sabres? <laughs> more specific, please. A little more specific.
1: Uh, oh, boy. Forwards for the Buffalo Sabres?
0: No, not forwards. Uh, 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 man... You're so close. You're so close. Three, two, one. Player signed by the Buffalo Sabres. Oh, what? What did you say?
1: Player signed by the Buffalo Sabres. Uh,
0: this option. Well, um, no. I, I can't uh, give that to you because Eric Stahl was a trade.
1: Oh, no. I, what oh, I was looking for. New Buffalo Sabres?
0: New arrivals to the Buffalo Sabres, yeah. Sorry. No points. You're one for three right now. Shit. Okay. I was right there. Next, oh, damn. we're so close. Okay. We're so close. All right. Okay. Next, next one. Next one. Jack Eichel, Jake McCabe, yes. Zach Wierenski, Luke Cunning, and Riley Barber.
1: Oh my lord! All right. Jake McCabe, Buffalo Saber. Jack Eichel, Buffalo
0: Saber. Uh who are the other guys? Luke Cunnan, Zach Wierenski, and Riley Barber.
1: Okay. So Zach Wierenski is not a Buffalo Saber, so that's not it. Uh, hmm, man, uh, are they All-Americans. Is that is that their thing? Uh, um, more
0: specific, please.
1: S- more specific than American. Yep. Okay, can I get the
0: names again then? Eichel, McCabe, Wierenski, Cunnan, Barber. Uh, I kind of lost track of time, so we'll say you have like 30 seconds left. I'll give you some more. Okay, sure.
1: What the hell has Riley Barber done? Jesus Christ. Uh, was he a first-round pick?
0: Uh, first-round pick? Uh, Americans? First-round American picks? No, sorry. McCabe and Barber mm-hmm. were not first-rounders.
1: Um. Okay, we're having a we're having a rough go at this one.
0: Yeah, we are. Ten seconds.
1: Okay. Jesus. I'm not nearly as good as this as you are. Oh my god. Uh all right. Uh hmm. that's the
0: end of it. Okay. Yep. Um the answer was uh American World Junior Captains.
1: Oh my god. You know, I really should get on the world junior track faster.
0: But, yeah, Jesus. Maybe. Uh, uh-huh. you know, what? since you're doing so, since you're doing so poorly, I'll give you a heads up that at one point between now and the end of the quiz, there is another world junior mm-hmm. themed group. I won't tell it's you okay. which one, but it's coming. All mm-hmm. right.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: So you're one for four now. So you have to get every single one, right. If you want to meet that seven on 10 threshold, not looking very good for you. Ready okay. for the next group.
1: I'm going to hit it.
0: Watch out. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Ryan Pollock, Josh Manson, Jack Johnson, Alexander Romanov and Andre Markov.
1: Oof. Okay. Um, hmm. Okay, can I get the names again?
0: Ryan Pollock, Josh Manson, Jack Johnson, Alexander Romanov, Andre Markov.
1: Hmm, is it maybe it's th- not number, I don't think. Jack Johnson, I don't think you were 79.
0: Like Andre Markov
1: does. Uh, let's see. Oof. What does Alex Romanov have a common with seconds. Jack Johnson? Defenseman. Uh, do I need to be more specific than defenseman?
0: That's not the answer, even though they all are defensemen. Oh. <laughs>
1: um, hmm. All defensemen. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Oh, my God. Big, slow defenseman. Um, haven't all made it to the Olympics, have they? No.
0: Time's Probably, up. Definitely didn't. Sorry. No uh, the okay. answer is players whose names have been in one of our episode titles. Oh, my God. Did we have did we have Ryan Pulak in our episode title? You just asked a couple weeks ago to have one called Pelik Pulak. Okay. Oh, Lord. So, yes. Okay. All Hands right. Uh, uh, yeah, you're doing pretty oh, badly Lord. this okay. week. Uh, you're one for five. <laughs> uh, maybe you can... Maybe you can do a little better uh, for the on the latter half. See if you can get at least a 6 on oh, yeah. 10 or a, at least a 50%. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Patrick Hornquist, Lars Eller, mm-hmm. Patrick Kane, Braden Point, Alec Martinez.
1: Okay, can I get the, the names again? I think I, I think I know what it is.
0: Hornquist, Eller, Patrick Kane, Braden Point, and Alec Martinez.
1: Okay, goal scorers. Uh, Stanley Cup winning goal scorers.
0: Yay, exactly. Stanley Cup winning goal scorers. Congratulations. All right. Nice. All right. We're on the Next board again. One. Oh, yeah. We're on the board. Two for six. Two for six. All right. Next one Ilya Samsonov, UC Saros, John Gibson, Peter Mirazik, and Jack Campbell.
1: Okay. So the obvious one is goalies.
0: Um, More specifically,
1: world junior winning
0: goalies? Uh, closer. Not exactly. Okay.
1: Hmm. What is it? Uh, goalies who Ah uh, had the best save percentage?
0: No, no. No. Oh no. Come on, you're so close, you're almost there. Come on. Oh
1: boy. Best goals against average. Most shutouts? No!
0: No, it's not. a. Most uh. wins? No, it's not for the statistics. It's not for the
1: statistics?
0: Yeah, I guess they just kind of... They win the game. best goalkeeper award? Yay, world junior goalie of the tournament. Congratulations. Oh, you got okay. It. Oh, yeah, all right. I don't know. Right. What was
1: the time on that? That felt like longer than a minute, but...
0: Yeah, I think it was. I, I keep forgetting to look at the time to keep track, but it's all right. Uh, you've lost already anyway, so we don't have to be that's just a stickler for the rules. All right, next That's one. Okay. All right, we've got we got three more, so now you're three for seven. All right. Mika Zabanajad, Ryan Strom, Philip Dano, JT Miller, and Ricard Raquel. Hmm. Can I get them again? Zabanajad, Strom, Dano, JT Miller, and Ricard Raquel. How do they have a comment? Number,
1: hot trades. Uh,
0: Is it their draft position? Uh, hmm. first, over, first round picks? More specific, please. You have like 15 seconds. Can I get the names real quick? Sabanda Judge, Strome, Dano, Miller, Raquel.
1: Y'all have the same draft position? No... Oh boy! Same draft. So that would be. Oh, uh, your time's 11. your time's
0: up now. But if you can guess okay. which year, then I'll give it to you. Twenty eleven, I think. Yeah, 2011 1st round pick. Oh. Congratulations! All right, nice. All right, okay. I, I'm being pretty yeah, generous now then. with these latter half points, but uh, but whatever. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Uh,
1: but it's okay. Yeah. All right.
0: Okay. No more. Now for these last two, we're playing. We're playing very very strict. All right. I'm playing hardball. Okay. Yeah, playing hardball. All right. Gustav Nyquist, Patrick Hornquist, Adam Henrique, Oscar Sundquist, and Cedric Paquette.
1: Players with Qs in their name,
0: right? Yay, players with Qs in their name. Congratulations. You got it.
1: You, you, know, that one, you know why that one is so easy? Because, because I actually. No, not just because of the quiz. Because when I was making my quiz last week, I thought of doing exactly the same question. Oh, and then I wow. thought it might be too obvious. So I passed on it.
0: Yeah, I thought yeah, he's probably gonna get this one pretty fast, but it'll be fun anyway. Alright. Yeah. So all right. little now. Back. yeah, a little fun yeah. you're now five for nine. Alright. So congratulations, you've hit fifty percent. Last question. Wow. You're the five players. PK Suban, Devin Dubnik, Michael McCarran, Andre Kostitsin, and Hal Gill. What?
1: Well they're all former Habs. Uh, is that, do I have to be more specific than former Habs?
0: Yeah, it's not just former Habs.
1: Okay. Uh, Devin Dubnik. Let's see.
0: the hell? Can I get the names
1: again? Kostitsin, I heard.
0: BK Subban, Devin Dubnik, Michael McCarron, Andre Kostitsin, and Hal Gill. Players that played for the Habs and another team. No, I forgot um, to keep track of the time again, so I'll give you 30 more okay. seconds starting now.
1: Was it Andre Kostitsin?
0: Yeah, Andre. Okay. Uh,
1: let's see. Leading scorer for the Habs at one point? No, that's – no,
0: Devin Dubnik. Devin Dubnik. Um, <laughs> Devin Dubnik Michael McCarran. Uh, oh, boy. Ten seconds. Players who played in the minor for the
1: – who played with the Hamilton? No. no. This one's weird
0: a bunch of old players what all right time's on? up the answer okay. is players players involved in a trade between montreal and nashville
1: nashville oh my god i had the exact same thought but i didn't say oh shit okay because that's why i asked if it was andre because i know sergey went to the predators so
0: did andre but- did he okay yeah for half a year 2012
1: shoot. man I was thinking Nashville. And I and also went, did
0: Dubnik get traded? To the, I wasn't there. Oh, Dubnik was traded from Nashville to Montreal. Players oh, okay. just involved in a trade between Montreal and Nashville. Oh, man. All right. I had that one. I had that one on the tip of my tongue, but then I, I completely bobbled it. Oof. All right. Well, okay. since you failed so miserably in this quiz, I think it's only fitting that you end with a wrong answer as well. So uh, five, or, five on fair ten. Enough. Five fair on ten for enough. you. One of your worst showings of all time, or maybe I've made it a bit too difficult. Very generous. Uh, it should be worth Yeah, than generous five on ten. Yeah. Alright. Yeah, Might have made it a bit know. too tricky, but uh I thought maybe. if uh hmm, I thought you maybe do a little better than that. Whatever. No judgment. It's okay, yeah. we all have off days. No problem. So, yeah, uh, I was uh you know, I can't lie.
1: Not the not the best at this kind of quiz at doing it. Uh you know. The making it was much easier, I found. And actually doing the quiz. That so, tends to be uh, the case. Yeah, it does tend to be the case, doesn't it? So you know, I'm right. just gonna have to work on my uh connection skills, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. Building mental yeah. bridges.
1: That's what uh, I. Need is that to what find it's called?
0: This. Or oh, there's no, there's another word for clear. it. There's another word for it. Something like. uh Oh, I, I can't remember. Whatever. Anyway, something something like the, the rule of transitions or something, where it's like if someone says a topic, you should be able to think of like a bunch of other things you can talk about based on that topic. I don't know. But whatever. Anyway, that doesn't really relate to this at all, actually. So I think that's the end of this week's Fusion and Hockey Podcast, unless you have any final words. Nope, I got nothing. I hope I
1: hope y'all listeners did better than I did, this, uh, is all I have to add.
0: Yeah. Uh, and if you didn't, uh, feel bad about yourself, I'm kidding. Don't feel bad about yourself. Uh, cause it was probably too difficult anywhere. Uh, and next week is a guess who week. And, oh, we actually, we decided a couple weeks ago that next week, uh, for guess who we're doing the devils because it'll be close to Christmas time and they have a, uh, they're, they're green and red colors. So, uh, so that's, one concrete thing we can look forward to for next week's concrete December 20th date. Thank you very much for listening to this week's fusion and hockey podcast. You can follow the podcast on Instagram at fusion and hockey podcast, and you can follow us both on Twitter as well. Our handles are in the description. We'll see you next week.